Hi, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Taz Wandsborough with an episode of Art Matters. And today's episode is about selfies in art galleries. Well, what's the big deal? Like really, what is the big deal? So this is an issue that um, certainly creates quite a lot of contention amongst a lot of people about is it okay for crowds and hordes of people to um, turn up to art exhibitions to simply walk into a gallery and start having fun and to go up to an artwork and feel that it is their place to use their phone to wantonly take photos of an artwork and um, even more commit the crime of taking a photo of themselves in front of it. Even though this is completely within 99.9% of all public galleries rules, this is a very, very contentious issue amongst many people within the, I guess, um, art world for want of a better word but I think most people listening to this podcast would understand the term art world and what I mean by that is I guess the the um, educated glitterati of the of the art world so the people that um, are the artists making the work the curators the arts writers the arts educators and so forth and the art gallery workers I understand that this issue, I guess, recently came into my purview because of a almost like a meme thread that was, I guess, being sent around um, Facebook and other social media contexts. And it showed um, works of art that had been accidentally destroyed um, through uh, people taking selfies in art galleries. So in, I just want to, you know, place out there the caveat that in no way do I ever um, condone artworks being destroyed in any way. But that, I think that's such a non-issue really in terms of art galleries. I think all art galleries, I don't know of a single art gallery in the world where that's not their prime concern and that is... Um, taking care of artworks that are in their care. All art galleries and museums are highly, highly respectful of the work that they keep and are always, in every case, very, very, very careful about how people engage with their work and how they display their work and how they store their work. So I think the act of an artwork being destroyed by an art gallery visitor is such a rare occurrence, I think, that you know, in in a worldview, the amount of people that are daily, millions of visitors are daily across the world visiting art museums, I think the chances of anything happening are just so slim. I think it's a non-issue. But look, I can understand that people that work in that industry would be um, highly, highly sensitive to it happening. I actually think that the crux of this issue comes down to um, a fear issue in terms of uh, a changing of the guard in the art industry. And I've sat on many committees with art galleries 
And um, I really feel that for many, many years we've been talking about how can we possibly engage a, a new audience. And there are many, many academic papers that are being written and have been written about how do galleries engage a new or a wider audience or an audience of a different demographic and get them through the threshold of the gallery and through the threshold of that first entrance area of a museum. How do they get them in there? Because the ultimate goal is to to not preach to the choir always, but to to engage a newer audience and to to invite a newer audience into the gallery so that there's more generations of people coming into the gallery and you're cultivating that next generation to enjoy the gallery space and also to be the the stakeholders within this public art area. So I think there's always fear when there's new generations and there's always a fear when there's a changing of the guard. And with every generation, there's a fear that um, the new generation engage in some kind of a disrespectful manner. And I think that that's not just about art. That happens in every generation, about every way that the, the newest generation engage in life. So I think in many ways... From, I guess, the social media threads that I've engaged in and also the conversations that I've had, and I've had so many of these late at night and with many, many people, an ongoing concern seems to be that these visitors that come into art gallery spaces, um, the fear is that they're, they're simply just walking in and taking a photo. And and then they're, how do we know that they're really engaging with the artwork? Are they, are they even being intellectual with the artwork or are they simply just taking a photo? And what is their need to take a photo of themselves with the artwork? What is their need for this evidence base to have this photo of the artwork? Who do they think they are? And then there's the other argument that these people – these people, these hordes of people that have come in to see this populist blockbuster exhibition that this public national gallery seems to feel um, compelled to constantly put on every quarter, these blockbuster exhibitions that just get these hordes of crowds in and these people, they're ruining the viewer experience of these um, highly educated um, art viewers from the art world who we discussed before, their experience of viewing the artwork is being ruined because they have had this experience for many years of entering an art gallery and a space and having this almost um, chapel-like experience, if I can refer to the Rothko Chapel works, where um, they can revere an artwork in privacy almost. You know, many times the only people in the room would be the security guard, making sure that you don't breathe on the artwork. So um, they're so privileged and used to having an entire public gallery room many times entirely to themselves so that they could contemplate the artwork. 
and intellectually soak it in and understand it and read the wall plaques without having to consider another human being and the amount of time that it would take for them to read it to allow someone else to read it as well. Now, when I think of this situation, I I also think of um, an artist that I greatly admire, and that is Abdul Abdullah, who does just the most interesting and really, really compelling artwork. And I heard Abdul Abdullah say one day um, when he was doing an artist talk that at a conference that it's really important to um, ask yourself as an artist or to ask other artists, who is your audience? And um, he would say that you know, if an artist replies back that their audience, you know, my audience is everyone, well, it actually can't be everyone. And if they think that their audience is everyone as an artist, then they're probably responding to that statement from a place of privilege because they've only ever seen themselves from one point of view and they've only ever seen um, their artwork from one point of view and they're just assuming that everybody has had that same experience as they have and I'll relate that in terms of an artwork um, that I have created in the past and it's called The Good Room and I created a almost like a reenactment of a um, I guess a very middle white Australian um, front room in a house that had, you know, every grandmother's knickknacks um, and it was a very all in crystal cabinets um, and wall plaques, lots of plates, souvenirs, Sydney Harbour Bridge souvenirs and, um, you know, the most hilariously revolting um, a sofa suite and coffee tables, vases and so many things like these hideous little hilarious um, porcelain um, figurines and the like. And I painted them all gold and the gold was a metaphor for sentimental value and the fact that the sentimental value had actually um, outrun the actual financial value of any of these items and that when people die... Actually, these items really have very, very little financial value and it's quite likely that the next generation and the generation after that will probably throw them out and send them to a um, a goodwill shop and they'll be sold for $1 and $2 when um, perhaps someone's grandmother or aunt has, has not let anyone touch them or they've held on to them dearly for 50 years. So I knew full well that the audience for my work was not for everyone because everybody hasn't had that experience. When I was a teenager, um, sure, part of my family had that experience. Um, So for a while there I lived with my father in Marrickville in Sydney and we certainly lived in a very large house and we had a formal sitting room as well as a casual Um, living lounge room and we had a formal dining room and bedrooms etc 
And then on my way to school, I would stop by just down the road, you know, like 15 houses down the road. I'd stop by at a block of flats and pick up my friend Fatima and her sisters and we'd walk to school together. So Fatima lived in a block of flats with her parents and her sisters and they, all the kids slept in one bedroom in the block of flats um, in their family flat and they all slept in bunk beds and there was a huge range of kids. So in my childhood experience, I felt a bit cramped in sharing a bed with my sister every second weekend. But for these um, kids in that family, their family experience was their daily experience, living in a house with plastic tablecloths, um, no good room. And their good room was not, um, you know, a quarantined area that they could afford to keep um, one entire whole room in their in their home and quarantine it off. So, you know, everybody's life has a different experience and my artwork resonated with a lot of people but not everybody. So um, I guess back to the idea of selfies in an art gallery and, and who is the art for, you can certainly say, well, when you're um, curating exhibitions for a public art gallery or for any gallery, I think it's only fair to say that um, we can't now in 2019 curate exhibitions and um, expect the audience to be um, entirely satisfied with an environment that only caters for um, a set of people that have the academic knowledge of um, art and can only digest it in a way where they're revering the artwork with a certain set of social protocols that they've learnt through um, studies or postgraduate studies or um, through a highly privileged colonial style life where they've grown up with um you know, a certain set of protocols in um, understanding artworks and galleries. So for me, when I think of people um, flocking to art galleries and queuing to get in, and when they get in, they're enjoying it so much and enjoying what they see that they take photos, numerous photos, and then they feel compelled to take a selfie and to share that on social media um, when I think of the motivations for people to take selfies, it means that they're enjoying themselves. And um, when someone takes a selfie, it also means that it's the normal way that they engage with something that they're enjoying. And I think that's actually a really wonderful thing that people are normalising art and um, are sharing that moment of joy as well. And for me, I think that if they can take that experience and then make it a return visit as well to more and more exhibitions, then I don't have a problem with that at all. And I also think it's incredibly patronising to um, these people that are visiting and using their cameras as part of their way of understanding and enjoying the exhibition to think that they don't have the intellectual capacity to understand the art just because they're 
imbibing it in a different way that um, people that have a learned set of protocols are. So they may be just taking a different amount of time and uh, using a different method to enjoy it. And, um, you know, I think that's entirely their prerogative. The other issue I want to discuss as well, um, without making this a dissertation, but the other issue I want to discuss is I don't really understand what the end goal is to the argument about um, being cross and angry about people taking selfies or even people taking photos in art galleries. Um, I don't understand what the end game is because at the end of the day, you know, the world has changed more in the last 10 years with the advent of smartphones than it did during the Industrial Revolution. So um, we're not ever going to get rid of camera phones. If anything, they're going to evolve and, you know, we don't know what we don't know, obviously, but uh, this technology is going to become better and more advanced. So we're never going to revert back to um, a more prolific use of books We're never going to revert back to any other method, really, apart from uh, a more agile use of technology. So for me, I think, um, you know, I think it's really wonderful that we can have access to more information, um, perhaps even less so in a handheld capacity, but we don't know how we're going to access it in the future. But for me to think that art galleries can be more interactive and participatory through information gathering at, you know, the point of interest, I think that's a really wonderful thing. And, you know, the more people can be engaged and interested at the time when they see something that really grabs their attention, I think that's really wonderful. And if they can record that information at that time for later reference, even better as well. So for me, I'm all for it and um, I I really can't wait to see what the future brings and if this is one step in the future of art galleries being even more popular than they are now, then I think that's wonderful and um, if it's another step in more public art galleries being built and um, more immersive ways of viewing art, uh, more ways of art being shown to different people, then um, I think it's absolutely wonderful. And the more people that art reaches in all the different ways of absorbing it, then I think it's absolutely fantastic. And that is my view on that. But I would absolutely love to hear any rebuttals, any kind of arguments that you have or any comments that you have as well. So you're welcome to send them in to me. I have a Facebook page link to this, also a website, and um, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Bye.